This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, today is World Book Day. And a day when we are celebrating a very special historical moment as Sharjah is about to be crowned the UNESCO 2019 World Book Capital. And in honor of this special title, we're also kicking off a brand new series here on Life Beats, The Page Turner, where special guests will be joining me every week to talk books, writers, and ideas with impact. Today, it is going to be Mashal Waqar, bibliophile and COO of The Tempest. We'd love to get your thoughts on books and authors who have changed your life. Join us in the conversation. It's a very special hour next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. The heart of Shazah. This is Pulse 95. It's the page turner. The page turner on Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Sometimes you read a book and it fills you with this weird evangelical zeal and you become convinced that the shattered world will never be put back together unless and until all living humans read that book. That is best-selling author John Green talking about how he feels when a great book falls into his lap. And on the page turner, our brand new segment here on Life Beats, We're checking out some of the best books that you cannot put down, writers who are changing the way we think and ideas that are transforming the world. I'm so excited to be starting it today with entrepreneur, writer, inclusivity advocate and bibliophile, the co-founder and COO of The Tempest, Mashal Waqar. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. (laughs) I think this is like... This, I'm like so excited about this. I don't think I've been as excited about an interview or being on a show of any type <laughs> because it has never been about books. So. <laughs> well, this is your chance now to share your passion with the world. Um, you know, because we've started this because Sharjah is today on World Book Day being crowned the World Book Capital. But you are definitely someone. I think it's a huge understatement to say that you love books and you love reading. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, understatement is a good word to, <laughs> to define that. Um, but, you know, where did all of that love of reading, love of books come from, Michelle? It started off when I was a kid. Um, I think, so my mom would actually read books to me before I could actually, and before I actually learned how to read. So it started off really early, and then I would just love books. So I grew up, I was born and raised in Saudi. And books were literally my way of access to the outside world. And this isn't when we had, you know, obviously Wi-Fi. And at that time, I don't even think we had dial-up connection. I don't know. Um, it just would take ages. But the point is, like, it was it was my way of really accessing this whole other world and just imagining things that I couldn't even dream of at that time. So that was literally, like, my way. And I couldn't wait to finish one story to the next. And um, that's that's really how it started. And, th- and I think as I grew older... It just transitioned into different genres, and I still, I, and that's one of the reasons why, like science fiction and fantasy fiction, is one of my favorite genres. And um, 
it went from there to as I grew older, I love self-help business and um, self-improvement books. And I think that was it's one of my favorite genres. But if if someone asks me, what's your favorite, like, you know, what kind of books do you read? I don't have an answer because I really do love reading all types of books. Um, I do have favorites, but that's really how um, how I feel. I, I love that so much because uh, it's interesting that you say um, that you love, you know, reading all kinds of books because um, it has been said that, you know, if you want to think differently to everyone else, you have to read different books to everyone else. And so it, it is our way of widening our horizons, understanding the wider world, understanding perspectives that are beyond us. But, you know, talk to us about some of the books that were some of your favorites growing up. So Enid Blyton was one of my all-time favorite authors, and um, I think I've read almost every book that she's written. Uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. What? How many? She's written like hundreds of books. Yeah, she's written hundreds of books, and I have like boxes of home that my mom has now put. They're filled with books, and she wants to, she wants to give them away, and I just refuse to let her because I'm like, no, these are my babies. I cannot. There's just so much of sentiment attached. But, uh, you know, they're collector's <laughs> items. Don't give them away. This is a big mistake <laughs> that a lot of people make, you know, giving books away. They have so much value, but that's incredible. I want to have a library in my, in my house eventually, and so that's actually why I don't want to give any of these books away. I want to have them be there, and... Um, I, I really think the best gift you can give somebody is a book. And I think the book that someone is reading, that's one thing I ask people I admire or, you know, when I get a chance to interview people, um, I ask them what books they're reading, but also my friends and just there's just so much of different perspectives. And you're right. It gives you so much of insight into completely different industries. And I find that really fascinating how someone else's life can be completely different, their views on something. And it's a way of not getting caught up just in a bubble, I think. So I really love that. The amazing thing is people like Enid Blyton have changed our lives through their books. But actually, you know, the way that she started writing is pretty incredible. She was kind of practicing piano endlessly, like four hours a day, every day when she was younger. She hated it, hated it. But she had this like inside passion of wanting to write books one day. And then suddenly, you know, when she was about 17, she went on the summer camp and got asked to read books to kids and asked to write for kids and whatever. And then she was like, well, I don't have experience with kids, so I'm going to open a school. What? She went and opened a school <laughs> just so she could get an insight into kids. She wrote everything at the school, which is mind-blowing. That is fascinating. And so one of my favorite series by her is Famous Five. Yes. It's, 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 it's five kids, right? And what I used to love was, so George was my favorite character from Famous Five. So Julian was the eldest and he was, you know, all responsible. George was the tomboy and I could relate a lot to her because I was a tomboy growing up. And so she was always into, and she had a little bit of um, a temper, you know, she wasn't as calm. And I, I think I wasn't as calm growing <laughs> up. So I could just relate to her so much. But what I loved was the relationship she had with everyone else and... I think my absolute favorite part was when they were prepping for any journey and, you know, they would have these um, and, and I still remember like reading about um, they would always say ginger beer and I had no idea or, or ginger ale actually. Um, and I couldn't understand and, 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 you know, really like that was fascinating. And I think I recently had ginger ale here. It's a couple of years back in Dubai. Right. And I was like, OK, so this is the drink I would always try to imagine. <laughs> and the snacks, because they would describe the food in just 
the best detail, like with roasted chicken and this and that. And these are kids that are, you know, really prepping um, this food for their trips. And, 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 and I think that's what fascinated me the most was the whole journey aspect of it and how they were just kind of doing these things that I always wanted to do. And I always imagined how it would feel like. And this was my way of doing so was just through reading these books. The amazing thing about that story and, you know, th- th- I'm, I'm still reading it to my own girls you know, to this day, and this was written, you know, in the in the 40s, at least, you know, um, in the last century. It's crazy how it's gone through generations. But one of the great things about it is that it's about these kids who were just completely self-sufficient. And it's, it's one of those stories, you know, where the adults just take a back seat suddenly, and it's the kids who were just driving everything. And it's also the kids holding their own. And honest, there because there are times in the book where they really do have to prove a point. And they just kind of go out and do things, right? And I think that's what I love the most because, um, and, and I see that, like, you're right. It ha- It is a series, and she is an author who, over generations, I mean, my, my nieces are reading uh, her books now, right? And I actually gave them some of my own <laughs> from Famous Five because... I was over the moon to, to find out they're reading Enid Blyton. And it just, I can see it happening. And I think I love how every, like, kids of that age, I think, and, and even up until you're a little bit older, can actually read them and love them. And, it, and it's just this bond that I think is just created when you're either through sharing books or sharing what you think about reading books. That's, we, that's what I love. We are talking the uh, amazing books that have changed our lives right here on the Page Turner on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Coming up next, I'm going to ask you, Michelle, all about motivation, entrepreneurship, and even fantasy. We're going to continue talking classic books here. Um, and lots of R's in there as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. It's the page turner right here on Life Beats on Pulse95, and we are talking books, writers, and ideas that are changing the world. And uh, we left off talking about the legend that is Enid Blyton and uh, her books. You know, she is definitely, her books are classics. Why is it, do you think, um, Michelle, that they kind of just endure it? You know, we were talking about how I read to my girls, you read to your nieces. Still, these books resonate. Why do you think these kind of books still resonate? I think it's about, one, the general theme, right? I think everyone loves learning about adventures. Mm. That's the exciting part. And then it's these kids that are just off on these adventures, Um and initially, they don't get along. It's only over time. And I think it's that whole thing about bonding. And you feel like you're part of their journey. And I think it's the way that it's written. That you really do feel like you're on this adventure with them. And I think that's that's really why. Because when kids are growing up, um, that adventure aspect is really exciting. It's intriguing. And it really makes them curious. And I think that's really what sticks. Somebody else uh, who you love as well uh, that you've read, who is another, you know, writing legend, hard to describe, you know, this man, J.R.R. Tolkien. I am, okay, obsessed is probably an understatement. I don't know how to explain how much (laughs) I love J.R.R. Tolkien and how much I love Lord of the Rings in specific. And I think anyone who knows me, um, even my Twitter handle is A-R-L-E-R-Y because Aragon, Legolas, and Merry. 
That's how much I love Lord of the Rings. No way. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I have just loved the series ever since I read it. I loved the movies and what Peter Jackson did, but the books in particular, I think, were, it's it's been one of my all-time favorite series. And I, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I love why? it. Why? Why? Why does it, why do you love it so much? <laughs> you know, you're beyond obsessed, as you said. Um, and a lot of people are like you. You know, this is crazy. This is an, another one of those uh, series of books that have really captured the imagination. Why for you? There's so much of depth, right? It's 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 this whole other world. You're transformed and you're transported there when you're reading these books. And I think what I loved the most was one, the fellowship and all these different like, um, obviously there's elves, there's hobbits and, and, you know, there's men and it's this whole, I think, one, it really does take you somewhere else. But more importantly, even when it comes to Lord of the Rings, I think one of the things I love most about it is believing in good and really fighting for it. And and really, no matter what it takes, even if it's your life, just, you know, standing true to your values and standing up for what's right and what's good. And I think that's what I love the most because it's these different races that are coming together. Um, They embark on this fellowship to save the world because they don't want Sauron to take over everyone. And I think that's that's really what I love the most. But also, as you go along, the story is so detailed. You know, it's not surface level because you get into the minds of these different people, some who aren't quite ready to take ownership of their leadership. Right. So Aragorn, for example, um, is is again. So he's the heir of Erendil. And and so really going from there to um, him being the king at the end of the series, I think that whole character development is incredible. The journey of Frodo and Sam, and I think Sam is such an important character to Frodo's journey because he's there as his, you know, his right hand, really. And 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 so that whole friendship that turns into a whole different level. And I think the way it really um, it's just beautiful how that happens, but also just the war scenes. And I don't know, it just there's nothing that I don't love about it. But there is one thing. It's very good and evil. Right. It's it's very black or white and I think that's one thing where another favorite author who I have George R. R. Martin is is and, and and I think Lord of the Rings I read it when I was in my early teens and George R. R. Martin was more towards my later teens and I think as I grew older I also realized how much I loved A Song of Ice and Fire and it's Game because of Thrones yeah it's you know the show is it's in their last series right now yes the last season but it's it's also one of the most well-written books and that's because i have never read a book with so many different point of views where each character has so much of depth and to be able to do that so well for such a long time i think that takes a lot of talent it's a lot of skill and it really is an art and both of these writers I think have been able to do that so well a lot of times you see in different series stories really like the last parts usually don't they're not up to par you know you see the first book it's incredible the second is okay so a lot of times with the last part of any series it can be very disappointing but the the exception with Lord of the Rings is it really builds up and it does justice to every single character and even I would go as far as saying I am a big fan of the movies and of Peter Jackson but if you read the books and you read what happens after there's so much you actually don't get to see in that four and a half hour movie with the extended editions and so I think the books really show you so much about Frodo's journey after the war the Shire and how it really transforms after the war there's so much that goes on there and I think the level of understanding into each character's perspectives and thoughts 
that's really different. You don't get that depth with movies as much as you do with books. And, you know, you really get into their minds and you're on this journey with them. So that's that's really, I think that's one of the best and most fascinating things about the series. And then, you know, they just kind of, these books uh, take on a culture and a life of their own, as we've been seeing with Game of Thrones, as we've seen with The Hobbit, you know, with The Lord of the Rings. That is, it, it becomes a huge cultural moment as well that everybody connects with all over the world. I was not actually aware of how popular Lord of the Rings was, you know, I because I loved it the first time I saw it. I, I became obsessed. And then it wasn't until I joined Tumblr and the more I started getting onto the internet and social media platforms started taking off, I realized, oh, wait, I'm in Saudi and I'm so obsessed, but there's millions of people around the world that feel exactly the way that I do. And it was the most, honestly, like Tumblr and access to everyone else who was part of this fandom was... It was the most mind-blowing moment for me, I think, because I just felt like I was part of this community I did not know existed. And it was at that time because I remember when I was younger, um, one, I was fascinated always and I always obviously wanted to, you know, I try to visualize Middle Earth and um, elves I was always fascinated by. (laughs) (laughs) But I think even the movie did an incredible job, right? Um, The movies did an amazing job with really, I think, making them popular. But I think Lord of the Rings had that cult fandom and it still does to this day. Yes. We're from Elvish. Like there is actually, there are books on Elvish and how to write your name in Elvish. No way. Yeah. In the language of the the Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. And there are people who will actually get there. And I think I did this too. This is is like years back where I learned how to write my name in Elvish. And I was fascinated. And even the J.R.R. Tolkien sign, you know, I've painted it so many times in different places. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a fandom. It takes you there. And you, once you're a part of it, I don't think there's any going back. I like, yeah. What's amazing about him is kind of uh, the story behind how uh, this all started for him. And we're going to be talking about that next on the page turner on Life Beats on Pulse95. Mashal Wakar is our special guest for this special first edition of this segment, celebrating Sharjah as the 2019 World Book Capital. More after this. Pulse95. You're listening to... Pulse 95. It's the page turner. The page turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Pulse 95. Welcome back. It is our very first segment of the Page Turner Talking Books here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Mashad Waqar is our special first guest. Um, Mashad, we've been talking about uh, your obsession with. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien um, but you know it's so interesting I was watching an interview with him of, of how he actually came to write the story apparently he was a teacher he was a lecturer at university um, and he came across an exam paper and one of the pages was completely blank the actual beginning though it's not really the beginning but the actual um, flashpoint was I remember very clearly I can even I took um, I can still see the corner in, the, in my house in 20 North Moor Road where it happened I got a North pile of exam papers there Marking school examinations in the summertime is a very laborious and unfortunately also boring. And I remember picking up a paper and actually finding, I nearly gave an extra mark for it, extra five marks actually. There was one page on this particular paper was left blank, glorious, nothing to read. So I scribbled on it, I can't think why, in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. I think that was eventually published in 1937. I now wanted to try my hand 
at writing a really stupendously long narrative and to see whether I had sufficient art, cunning or material to make a really long narrative which would um, hold the average reader right through. So he literally wrote the first lines of The <laughs> Hobbit. On that, he was just, I don't know where this zing of inspiration came from, but all of a sudden it just started on that one page where if you need to be a writer, if you want to be a writer, it's going to find its way out. It really does, but I think with J.R.R. Tolkien, it's important to remember there's a lot. So he was part of the world, and he lived through World War One and um, two as well, and he was a strong... I mean, you know, he would um, speak up against... Um, Hitler and he was he absolutely was you know he did not like him at all but also um, going through war he he suffered he suffered from depression and I think um, when it comes to a, a lot of his writing that's why I think even the details like I think a lot of his own experiences came into play when he was writing the series and I think that's important to kind of also understand and reflect on because, yes, writing does find its way and you will somehow find one way or the other to weave a story together. But a lot of it sometimes is also things you've seen, you've been through, you've lived through. And subconsciously, even, it could be just coming out in a way you don't even expect. Yeah, that's incredible what he's been able to do with that. And now, you know, I, I want to get your perspective on, you know, this whole genre of fantasy, um, because as, as you've been talking about as well, you know, Game of Thrones now. Nobody can stop talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. even for those of us who haven't watched the series. You um, haven't? You know, I know. Okay, stop. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm getting death threats now. I'm getting these death looks here already from Ajal. No threats from me. I'm just uh, <laughs> judging silently. But, you know, it's um, it's had its impact in such a way. It's It's incredible to see. A Song of Ice and Fire is uh, one of the most well-written books. And I think the reason is, yes, it's fantasy. It's got dragons. It's got, you know, this whole other kingdom. But the characters are the most real characters that I've read. The depth they have. And it's it's and then that's really what d- differentiates that from Lord of the Rings is because Lord of the Rings, like I mentioned, it's black and white, right? There's good and there's evil. And that's what it is. But with, with A Song of Ice and Fire, um, Good people do bad things and bad people do good things. And there's a lot. It's very real in terms of how they portray characters and, and as people, right? And these people are going to do things because of what they want, because of what matters to them. It could be family. It could be power or, you know, just um, fame or whatever it is that they want. They're going to do things because of that. And it's because of what matters to them. And so there's no one dimensional character. There's so many different dimensions and layers and layers to them. Mm. And their, their childhood plays a big role into, and, and you know, even their experiences into what they're doing. And, and I think the way, what, what I love the best is I've read a lot of books with different point of views. And a lot of times writers aren't able to really keep up with their own characters and build a story. With, with this series, what's different is there's so many different characters and point of views, but it's done so well across so many different books, right? And as the story goes on, you actually fall in love with these characters. And even every, like, slight or, or you know, uh, a role that's not as big still has a part to play. And you really, the depth of even that slight character in that slight instance, I think that's incredible. And you have to keep in mind with Game of Thrones, I think one of the reasons why it's been so successful, I will give partial credit to even the fact that even as a screenwriter, George R. R. Martin has written um, screenplays for um, Game of Thrones, the show, right? And so obviously there's going to be that depth and he is the author. He is the creator of the series. Now, not the most recent um, seasons, but initially definitely was a big part of it. 
And so keeping that in mind, and some of the characters are just brilliant. I mean, Tyrion, one of my <laughs> favorite characters, um, and he's supposed to be one of the most clever characters on in, 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 in the books, right? But but really, I think what what's really touched me is that there are a lot of characters who you will not like initially, and you really don't like Cersei, for example, right? Very uh, controversial as a character, but you really st start to see her point of view and her love for her kids, which makes her do crazy, absurd things, which I will, again, um, you know, not going to say I like what she's done, but at the same time, you really see why she's doing them, and you see her point of view, and I think... That's that's really the incredible part is you see all these different characters and really what they're willing to do, but um, and, and and what different things mean to them. And I think that's real because people aren't one-dimensional. No one is just good or bad. You know, they do different things at different parts of their lives. And I think that's that's really what has also drawn a lot of people is it's not just fantasy, it's real. It, and and I think there's a lot of characters and similarities to the current world and what's going on in the current landscape with. Um, the the series as well so for example with foreigners as they call them right so the northern the northerners um are not very accepting of a foreign queen as they say but at the same time um and and you see that the north really sticks to the north they accept their own people even the king that they elect right is is someone who is from them but with with rob stark initially but at the same time like and and they don't accept others and and you see that happen with racist instances right now right with a lot of these national rhetorics of patriotism that you see politically going on and there's so much you can draw between fiction and reality and i think it's it's a subtle messaging of showing on what's actually going on right now. I love that. I love that. It's so true. Uh, there's a lot that is reflected in what's happening uh, at the moment. Uh, we're going to come back in just a moment. We're jumping from classics uh, into fantasy and uh, into motivation. Going to be talking a bit of Vision Lakiani next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Talk about radio. Talk about radio. It's Pulse 95. It's the page turner. The page turner on Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. We are back with Mashal Wakar and it is the page turner here on Life Beats on Pulse95. We're celebrating tonight is an in incredible night because Sharjah is being crowned the 2019 UNESCO World Book Capital and uh, it's going to be an incredible celebration here in Sharjah at the Majaz Waterfront. We've got 1001 Nights, the final chapter, an incredible performance that is going to be uh, happening. We cannot wait for that. Um, but Mashal kind of coming back to, um, you know, talking books here, which is so insightful and I'm loving the conversation because with you it's so diverse. <laughs> you don't stick to one thing. <laughs> We've gone from Enid Blyton to uh, J.R.R. Tolkien to George R.R. R. Martin and now kind of moving into motivational books, which I love quite a bit as well myself. But um, somebody who was in Sharjah last November, in fact, uh, Vishen Lakiani. My absolute favorite. Vishen is just... Um his book changed my life, and I think his keynote was one of the best that I've seen. He is, of course, the founder of Mind Valley. He mm -hmm. was here for the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. He did give a keynote. I was in the audience. He rocked he had the house. Everybody dancing. Yes, he literally had everybody dancing. No one was sitting during his keynote. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen people just 
dance freely <laughs> at an event the way he made everybody do it. And Bohemian I think Bohemian Rhapsody, guys. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, Vision is amazing. Mind Valley is incredible. So his book, The Code of an Extraordinary Mind, I really read it at a time where I was at an all-time low, I think. And I think it was... Um, everything just felt like it was going wrong. There were a lot of, there's a lot of struggles as an entrepreneur. Um, and, and I think mental health is not spoken about as much as it should be. Right. And, and, and I do my best to really speak up about it and be real about the struggles that I've personally faced. So I read this book at that time and, uh, this was last year. This is earlier in the summer. I think it was around April or May. And I just fell in love with it and I just could not believe one that this book existed but there's so many concepts here right that have have they've changed how i think it's had a profound impact on my life personally because there's a lot about gratitude forgiveness and just a lot of concepts that he's broken down and i'm very much into processes and systems and you know like i I do have a computing security background so very much into the whole like hacking things right so he's teaching you how to hack your own life and happiness and that is that is what really stuck with me But Michelle, there are so many motivational gurus. You know, there are a million Tony Robbinses in the (laughs) world, right? And so many of these books are out there. What do you think makes this one different? So there are a lot of books, and that's true. But Vision does a good job of, one, breaking it down, but backing it up with science as well. And um, there's this one part in particular where he's part of this experiment where they're tracking the alpha brainwaves, which is the ultimate level for creativity. And even with meditation, he's correlating it to that. And he talks about how they were actually so he was wired up and they were tracking the brainwaves and activity going on with different exercises to see what would actually have an impact. Right. And so the, 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 the point in that chapter, I believe it's chapter seven about forgiveness and how he starts forgiving different people, different instances. And there's this one point where um, one of his employees was actually embezzling money and his family was threatened when they found out. And, you know, he got personal death threats. And this person, like, honestly, it was a whole, like, traumatizing experience for him. So forgiving this person was not something he wanted to do or was even comfortable with. But the moment he forgave this person, the biggest brainwave in the activity happened when they were studying it. And, and, and that was the most, like, impactful thing because... It, it This is backed by science. It's not just, hey, you got to meditate, you're going to feel good. He is backing it up with actual data and experiments and everything that he brings up. He also breaks it down into how each of us can do it. Right. So it's not just, hey, just forgive people. It's it's really writing down. So he breaks it down into steps. So step one, for example, reading a list of, um, say, 10 people or 10 things that have happened that you're unhappy about. Right. And people who have done you wrong, and you got to feel angry really at that time. You got to feel all the anger you can. You and actually, he actually says, feel the anger. Yes, he in does. That moment. Yes, you're gonna feel it. It's not just thinking about forgiving. So this is a whole process. He's broken down into steps, and then after that, you're gonna visualize this person in front of you who's wronged you, and you're gonna feel that anger, and you're gonna see them in front of you, and then you're gonna forgive them. You're gonna visualize yourself forgiving them, and then. That's how you're actually going to be free. And the other person doesn't need to know you've done it. You need to just do this. This is uh, one person. This is just you and your mind. And that's what I love. It's really stuck with me because I realized there's so many. It could be little things. It could be big things. And you can, if you do this every single day, right? So this is one of the things that you can do. That's that's forgiveness. There's also gratitude. That's a very, very big concept. And gratitude towards taking five to ten seconds to really just 
think about, don't think about what should make you happy. Think about what actually is sparking an emotion. So say, for example, you feel um, really smart today. Take five to 10 seconds to really just feel smart and being happy about feeling smart. Right. If you feel like you look incredible today, it could be whatever it is to you very specifically. Right. Just how you're feeling. Pick on that emotion. Take a few seconds to just really feel that. And then you're feeling gratitude. And there's a whole process that he's explained. I'm really just giving not even like a slight gist of it. Right. But that concept and the concept of discipline. And um, discipline is really the ultimate level of happiness where you're bending reality to to work towards the universe is working towards making things happen for you. And it sounds like gibberish. Like before I actually read it, I, I learned a little bit about what the book was about. And I was so skeptical and I am skeptical about a lot of things. But I was just like, this book cannot really change how I think. But it really did. And it's because of the way he's really broken it down into like simple steps and it's applicable. And as you go through it, you are applying this and you're doing it yourself and you're balancing the 12 different areas of your life. And I think that was really what stuck with me. It's what makes this book different is the way he's actually done this. And it's done with experts. He's not just saying, hey, this is my way of doing things. He's going to get Marissa Peer to Lisa Nichols to a lot of incredible Peter Diamandis um, and a lot of different people who are experts at what they do and gotten and learned from all these different parts of life and brought it into one book. That's amazing because, you know, that's what he does at Mind Valley. He's brought it into that one book. And uh, would you say that that is one that you recommend everybody should be reading? I think so. Yeah, I will highly recommend. I think this is one of the best I've read. Amazing. Well, we've actually run out of time. <laughs> this has been an amazing start to... This feels like time just flew by. It really did because we're having fun. And this is amazing. Thank you so much for being our very first guest on The Page Turner on Life Beats. That was amazing. That's brilliant. Um, And we are going to be back with more of this next week with uh, another guest as well, sharing their books and their authors who have changed them, changed their world. And we're incredibly excited for tonight. More to come on Life Beats after this. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.